0: Hello, this is the Story X Story Podcast, Episode 1, recording on Sunday, the 12th of May in London. And I am Lau, co-founder of MyAmata. And I'm
1: Nigel, also the co-founder of MyAmata. We're both
0: co-founders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Gosh>. um, so. <laughs> Yeah, this is our first um, podcast going out to you. As the name "Story X Story," it's about all things story, and uh, we're going to be having a number of discussions uh, around a particular story that we've maybe read or watched. But we're going to start off things with a few updates about our story brand my Meta, and then we'll get into kind of the meaty stuff so if you are interested we're going to be talking about the avengers film lots to discuss but first up just a little bit about what's going on in the my Meta world
1: yes yeah, so um lots going on uh specifically as we get into may uh that kind of means the london comic-con pretty much so well actually um, we already had a convention this weekend, so came back from the Oldham Comic Con yesterday, uh, and we're now looking at the London Comic Con on the 24th to the 26th of May. So, for those, some of you listening already know we exhibit. uh How many years have we been doing Comic Con? A
0: few, a good few years. Yeah, probably yeah. since three, 2012 at least. Oh, yeah, good point. yeah, actually, we did all
1: way back then, and then we took a big break and then we came back in like two thousand sixteen um mm-hmm. so yeah we've got um got plans for it, so we're gonna be in the comic village uh and we're also gonna be in the south hall, and we're gonna be bringing our usual range of like uh manga, some merchandise, think we've got some uh blake series t shirts and we've got some samurai beanie hats. We may have a new color also. Uh, actually I don't even think I mentioned that to you Lau. so this is, this is breaking news for everyone Might have been, yeah. and then for this one what we're going to be doing is um, so I've been running a workshop early in the year in South London and then as part of that we're going to be bringing uh, some of the young people that took part to Comic Con because they've been working on their own stories and hopefully they'll get a chance to experience the convention they'll be coming with their parents and sort of talk to people about Stories that they've been working on. So, if you find us in the Comic Village, that's most likely where they'll be.
0: Sounds cool. I'd be looking forward to like speaking to anyone that pops over in the Comic Village, assuming I'm there. I think I was there station like last year. So, you know, yeah, I think that we'll there. stick
1: with that format.
0: Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, come over, say hi, ask me questions about what's going on. Love to speak to you guys.
1: Um, so as well as Comic Con, we've also got Gamepad, so that's coming up in June, uh, which is alarmingly close, actually. As yeah, so next month we got our next Gamepad event. Um, previous one was in January, that, that went really well. So that was mm-hmm. pretty much that's the best Gamepad event uh, we've had so far. Keywords so far. So uh getting the team together, starting a promotion, and everything uh, for June. One of the things that we're going to be working on adding for next events um, is bringing more indie groups to the event. So uh, we've had like Ubisoft and Nintendo support us with equipment and, and coming to the event and uh, bringing new games along, uh, and that's been cool. So we're hoping to get more of that, um, more from other companies. But you know, we're an indie brand and we want to sort of bring other indies. So we're going to be looking at bringing. Uh, Indie game developers on board, and indie uh, community groups also, like gaming groups, maybe cosplay groups as well. Uh, So stuff is still in the works, and we'll get as much of that for June, if not our next event later in the year, uh, I think September. So look out for that.
0: Cool. Sounds Uh, good.
1: Yeah, and then also go to Gamepad. Events for tickets. Yeah. Mention that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, so we've got the website out there for you guys, and um, I guess on our side, we've also got a lot of stories going on, so you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what we've got cooking? Uh,
1: yeah, so we just um, recently did a Kickstarter, some of you might know did a Kickstarter for the Hot Lunch Volume 1 uh, manga, so that is in progress. Um, we've had some, um, I guess you could say some issues around that, but we're going to be updating the kickstarter backers this coming week um about what's been going on so you guys are uh, aware but alongside that we're also working on sort of the stories to come next so we've got well i've actually started thinking about hot lunch volume 2 interesting enough even though that's not for a long while um but just after finishing up volume 1 I kind of started thinking about where things are going to go so I've got some ideas for that. Um, I'm going to give nothing away, but I've also got some ideas for a Samurai Chef sequel. So this is like the first comic that we made, first comic that I wrote. Um, I remember when we started it, um, I was pretty sure that it was going to be like a, uh, just a one shot effectively, just one volume uh, and done. And I was kind of happy with that, but I got an idea um, for a, a sequel so started working on that, making some notes for that, thinking of interesting characters uh interesting dishes that could be turned in, into monsters, new villains, um, things like that so yeah, I think I don't know how much to say I probably should just leave it there, like tease it yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do that
0: <laughs> yeah, keep them
1: like waiting for more, that's what I say there you go we're going to leave it as a tease, but more Samurai Chef is coming at some point. Oh, that's good news, I say.
0: I mean, to be honest, I, I really like the Samurai Chef, and I think most people that um know about Mayameda love the Samurai Chef. So it's good to hear that you know he is back
1: or coming back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Back. I could have had a really cheesy joke just then. Said something like "back on the menu," but <laughs> oh well. I yeah. said it. There yeah. you go. <laughs> we, can all, we can always edit that out. We can. um on my side um and just for those that don't know like we tend to write uh alternate stories so like nigel will write one i'll write one so nigel wrote samurai chef i wrote serious nigel's written hot lunch and i'm currently in the process of developing 11th hour but we actually work on all the stories together um in a kind of special group of like story experts well or something like that. Um, so okay. in any case, yeah, I'm working on the 11th hour, and um, for those of you that don't know, the 11th hour is basically an action-adventure story that follows four unlikely heroes and spans the course of an entire day. Um, and the way the story is currently set up is we've got this horrible leader running the city called Tempora, and our protagonists are basically out there to stop him and even overthrow this guy that's the general premise of the 11th hour um we're doing a lot of work at the moment so we're really just trying to make sure that with a story that has multiple strong characters that it's you know sitting together well that it's balanced that the focus is on the right characters and the backstories and you know, the world, it all makes sense, because there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and I'm getting some inspiration from just a number of different places. Although I have to say, uh, and we're about to talk about like the Avengers, that's a really good place to look to see how do you get uh, and make an intricate story and have it work and like, you know, not have any major plot holes so um yeah currently working on that nothing much more about plot holes oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) true but um yeah i think uh i won't say too much more because you know it's really still in the early days but just to let you know that that is being worked on and i have more to talk about in the future so um i think at this point we are at that point where we can talk about the film itself. Now, yeah, just let's before, do it. before we get into it, though, um, you know, it kind of goes without saying, but if you haven't seen any of the Avengers films, right. um yeah, basically, you know, just pause this. Yeah. In fact, you should probably stop this. Just yeah, now. I was going to say that's uh, a long pause. Make, yeah, just make sure you come back though and watch pause all the, the films.
1: podcast. To watch ten years of MCU films <laughs> exactly. And
0: Enjoy the ride. Order, you know, uh, several truckloads of popcorn. Yeah. The um, yeah, yeah. You're going to need some time off work for sure. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but spoiler alert, we are actually going to talk about end game. So if you haven't seen Infinity Wars end game, you know, poor you, but like, yeah, basically we're going to talk about it. So we don't want to ruin it for anyone. Please stop this now and fix that. Or if you don't care, just listen. And, and whatever, you know, it's your life. So yeah, I think, film, hey, I, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but, me neither. but yeah, yeah, I think, um, maybe just to kind of jog our memories, cause I mean, so much happens in this film. Um, Nigel, could you maybe just give us like a recap of what happens in the film and then we'll, we'll dig into the, the good stuff. Okay. Cool. So
1: I'm going to do my best to recap a good three hours of film. Uh, so, yes, stick with me and see where this goes. So, Avengers Endgame. Uh, so, we've got three weeks after Thanos used the Infinity Gauntlet to disintegrate half of all life in the universe, Tony Stark and Nebula are rescued from deep space and returned to Earth by Carol Danvers. They reunite with the remaining Avengers and use Nebula's knowledge to find and ambush Thanos. They find him, but not before he reveals has already destroyed the stones. Thor, in a fit of rage, kills Thanos. Skip forward five years later. Scott Lang escapes from the Quantum Realm. He reunites with the remaining Avengers and explains that he's only experienced five hours while trapped. He then theorises that the Quantum Realm could allow time travel and a way to undo the snap. They go to Tony Stark for help, but Tony refuses out of fear of losing his family. But after talking with his wife, Pepper Potts, Tony agrees, and along with Bruce Banner, who is now Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, um, they build a time machine, and now we have a time heist. Bruce, Ant-Man, Captain America, and Iron Man travel to New York City in 2012. Bruce visits the Ancient One and convinces her to give him the Time Stone. Captain America retrieves the Mind Stone, but Tony and Ant-Man's interference allows 2012 Loki to escape with the Space Stone. So Captain America and Tony travel to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in 1970, where Tony gets an earlier version of the Space Stone. Rocket and Thor travel to Asgard in 2013 and get the Reality Stone from Jane Foster. Nebula and War Machine travel to the planet Morag in 2014 and steal the Power Stone. But Nebula's cybernetic implants link with those of her a past self. And because of this, Thanos of 2014... Learns of the Avengers plans. Meanwhile, Hawkeye and Black Widow travel to Vormia, where the Red Skull reveals it can only be, it being the Space Stone, sorry, the Soul Stone. The Soul Stone can only be acquired by sacrificing someone they love. Black Widow sacrifices herself, allowing Hawkeye to obtain the Soul Stone. Reuniting in the present, the remaining Avengers fit the stones into an Iron Man-like gauntlet which Bruce uses to undo Thanos' snap with a snap of his own. But past Nebula uses the time machine to transport past Thanos and his warship to the present where he attacks Avengers HQ. Iron Man, Captain America and Thor battle Thanos but are outmatched. However, a restored Doctor Strange arrives with the cavalry. The restored Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy as well as armies of Wakanda, Asgard and more set out to fight Thanos and his army. Thanos eventually gets the gauntlet, but Tony steals the stones and uses them to disintegrate Thanos and his army, dying himself from the overwhelming feedback of gamma radiation emitted by the stones in the process. After Tony Stark's funeral, Thor appoints Valkyrie as the ruler of Asgard and joins the Guardians of Galaxy while Star-Lord searches for 2014 Gamora. Captain America returns the Infinity Stones to their original places in time, but remains in the past to live with Peggy Carter. And elderly Rogers passes on his shield and mantle to Sam
0: Wilson. The end. And should I also point out that when you wait past the credits, nothing happens. However, there is a mysterious noise just before the curtains close. And you
1: know what that noise is?
0: I actually don't.
1: So that is... Uh, apparently a callback to Iron Man 1 And Tony Stark making the first Iron Man suit uh, um. of the So if that, that sounds sounded familiar to you That is why So yeah. it's not so much looking at the future But sort of I guess looking back And paying tribute to
0: Where it all started Yeah It's interesting that this was really, well, I don't want to say this was all about Iron Man. It wasn't. I mean, it was bigger (laughs) than Iron Man, but. It was a lot about Iron Man, though. But yeah, it was a lot about him. Let's be honest. Like, um, Iron Man has been like a prominent character throughout the entire storyline. And I think it's important to have someone that kind of holds everything together because otherwise you can get a little bit lost in these sorts of things. I mean, he did become like
1: essentially the face of the MCU in a way, I know. I guess Captain America was like um, a big part of it, but I think because it all started with Iron Man, uh, and mm-hmm. testament to Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as Iron Man, it just um, yeah, kind of took over.
0: Yeah, he. I mean, he is Iron Man, and, and it's weird because I couldn't imagine anyone else that could be Iron Man. I think that's how you know
1: it's a good performance where you just can't imagine anyone else taking on that uh, that role.
0: Yeah. And it was also kind of like him as what, like as a person, like what, or should I say, as a personality, as a celebrity, it it, it was just a really good match. Yeah. Um. So, so,
1: for better or worse, I think some people might not have liked that, but I yeah, good. Uh, yeah, good match. So I mean, what did you just? I guess maybe another spoiler. Um, I'm guessing we both enjoyed it. Um, just a quick take on. What you thought of it before we dive like into some of the,
0: um, points. Um, overall, the end game itself, wow, it was, it was a bit disorientating at first. Um, I liked the way they, they kind of shook you a little bit at the beginning. Uh, I mean, to be honest, you already kind of came in in the, in a de- deficit. Okay. Yeah. So like you, <laughs> you're like here to see how they're going to fix things. And the film just starts with what feels like an hour of, um, just mourning <laughs> in, in like, in like all black sort of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> the, the world is ours. Yeah, exactly. And they, and, and one thing I really liked, um, in that was that there was no music for the, the that part of the film. It was actually only until, um, Ant Man came onto the scene. And then they started to kick off the heist plan. That the music yeah. started in uh, the film. It was complete silence up until that point, which I just thought was really it was a really brave but well executed move. I think. Yeah,
1: and how many? You've seen it once. Yeah. I right. have managed to see it twice. Wow. Um, yeah, partly because I uh, did love it. So I saw it once when I was in California. I uh, saw it in IMAX. Uh, and then my, my brain works in a way where it will just chuck out information, um, specifically information from films I've seen. So I've got this annoying habit of just forgetting things when I watch a film. Mm-hmm. So just for that reason as well, I had to go and see it again. So I'm now like, uh, I'm in and I can confirm that, uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, I, I loved it first time, loved it the second time as well. Um, funny enough I didn't totally pick up on the music thing now you're saying it, which kind of you know, I've seen it twice and I still didn't pick up on that. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I thought it was great. So um I quite liked just I guess the moments that it 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 paid back. Um and if you're someone that's watched you know, if you've watched all twenty two films uh in the MCU and and have a better memory than me you'll see that they've paid back a, a lot of moments over the course of the past 10 years.
0: Yeah, I think um the one that I didn't pick up on but was probably one of the biggest moments of the film was uh, basically Captain America wielding Thor's hammer. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what happened where you were, but where... I was, the whole cinema just went crazy at that moment.
1: Yeah, was, so. It was just
0: mad. <laughs> how, how,
1: how soon after release day did you watch it? Just okay. one, week. one week. Okay, cause I kind of, I reckon, cause when I watched it the first time, I was, so I was in California, which, uh, on, I think the day after it came out, maybe two days, so this is all pretty much full, uh, cinema, people who were like eager to see it, sort of a lot of uh audience participation let's say um and that was definitely one of the moments that just set everyone off um when that happened. That was actually one of my favorite moments uh from from the whole thing. It was one of the moments where i i I was like what is going on like what's <laughs> what is happening right now and uh, that I didn't see coming and I think Going back to the beginning um, of the film, what I liked about it is that so one it didn 't give away too much in in the trailer, which I think was great because when you actually got there, you just didn't know how things were going to go. I mean, we all knew what was coming on some level, but how you got there you didn't know because they didn't mm-hmm. give away too much in the trailer, so for me, when they found uh, present day Thanos, let's say, and pretty much dispatched him you know before just after you know the credits um the opening credits ended, I was thinking like i don't know what's going to happen from here, um, so yeah, so I think going back to that moment where um Captain America got thor's uh
0: hammer um yeah, just didn't see coming, yeah. Yeah, totally. It was such a shocker and satisfying as well. Um, and and like I'd already grown in respect for Captain America since his trailer of a first film. <laughs> um, let's face it, it really was just a trailer to say, hey, yeah. there's, there's a character called Captain America. Here he is. And he's got Look a out pretty for pretty him. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah but I mean like He's really grown and I have To confess I haven't seen Winter Soldier But I did watch Civil War I ended up watching a summary of Winter Soldier Before watching Civil War because I was just trying to Get all the films done Before um, Black Panther and you know That oh, yeah. that was kind of connected so I had To kind of catch up um, But yeah Yeah man that was just such an amazing moment When Captain America kind of showed How strong he really was um, and even like, just kind of throwing back to the previous film, uh, Infinity War, where Captain America first appears on the scene with his rugged beard and like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of come out of hiding. Like that, that was like a big moment for me. Cause like he, the way he and his team just showed up and they handled the bad guys, they, and those guys were pretty strong as well. Like you got this sense that, you know, Captain America is quite formidable. Um, You know, for those who don't like read the comics, he doesn't appear to be much of a superhero outside of strength. Um, You know, everyone else kind of has a thing and you've got lightning coming out of their eyes and (laughs) fingers or they can turn invisible or make stuff fly. Captain America literally has a shield. And fights and that's it. So, so you kind of wonder, all right, is he kind of in over his head? But no, like we, we see him time and time again, just going from strength to strength and, and showing exactly how strong he is. Obviously, if you know the story, you know, he's actually very strong, but you know, yeah. for us lay people that just like enjoying a film, like that was amazing. So yeah. Well, I think one thing for Captain America
1: has always been interesting is, his leadership in a way. Um, mm. and one of my favourite moments, there's so many moments, but um, after he um, got uh, Thor's hammer, or Mural, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, and you had that moment where, so he's he's gone on the offensive, but Thanos still has the upper hand. It's Thanos, it's his army add-in, on the other side, it's a sort of broken Captain America, and he's on the floor, he kind of gets up, he's guild, like he straps on the uh, shield tied to his, uh, to his arm. And you have that, that setup where you just see tiny Captain America on one side, Thor and his army on the other. And just that moment, I need that, uh, printed and framed on my wall. Um, <laughs> because that's, I think mean, that's just the measure of Captain America, just like never give up attitude and just, If, if we're losing, I'm giving everything. Yeah. Um, and then that actually led to another one, uh, of my, of my favorite moments in the film, which is obviously the return of, um, well, everyone, the the return of everyone, (laughs) but not just the return, but how they did it as well. Because what I liked is, so when they had the, they got the infinity stones and, um, Bruce Banner snapped his fingers. And in terms of like, filmmaking, I quite liked how they went from that immediately to Thanos attacking. So it didn't give you any time to sort of, uh, settle on that information that they snapped. They brought everyone back. It went straight into this, uh, this next battle with, with Thanos and his army. So in that moment, even though, like I said, we all knew like everyone was coming back at, at some point. At least in that moment for me I sort of got caught up And I always forgot that oh yeah Everyone's coming back at some point So I got caught up in uh, uh, in uh well, Thanos is here His army's here What are they going to do And that's another reason why that moment of Captain America Sort of facing off against the army Was a big moment But mm-hmm. then you have um, uh, Falcon sort of Announcing that you know We're all here A uh, portal opens up and then Black Panther just swaggers out of the portal. And then at that moment, it's like, oh, yeah, everyone's back. And also, Black Panther has so much swagger, which is, uh, <laughs> which you, did, you needed reminding. So, yeah, just at that moment, when he just, like, strolls out of the portal, it's like, oh, they got this. They got this.
0: Yeah. It was quite mad, actually, um, just the way we were disorientated. I think that one big moment for me, was just having the headquarters of the Avengers blown to smithereens. And to be honest, at that point, I was like, come on guys, they're all dead. Ant-Man's dead. Like everyone's dead. Let's th- who survives that kind of an onslaught? I didn't like, think that. It, it was just, it was a bit much. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that definitely kind of like made me gasp and like, what the heck? Like this is, these guys are not messing around. <laughs> and then it goes from that to this, this scene where Thanos is just sitting down, much like the end of Infinity War, by the way. Um, but wait,
1: wait with Thanos sitting down,
0: yeah, because he was waiting, he was waiting outside, if you remember. Yeah, and yeah. then and the guys, like the you know, the Avengers, they then go out to meet him, and then the fight ensues. Oh no, I remember um, that, but you're saying from Infinity War, when was he... At the end of Infinity War, the last thing Thanos does is he sits oh, down... Oh,
1: yeah. See, I told you, my film memory...
0: Yeah, was... so, like... Yeah. That, that that was actually quite a key moment. Um, I, I don't know if this is what they were thinking, but I kind of saw the parallel that he was kind of sitting... Right. Anyway, whatever. Well, I kind of... Because he, he mentions
1: it a few times, actually, like, he is inevitable. So... I took it as like him cuz he came in having already seen his future in a mm. way so he knew that what he set out to do worked so for him coming back um going well from that past to this present um him just like sitting and waiting was just, like he knew like he is destiny like his destiny is uh, is going to play out so he could just come and sit and wait and for the stones to come to him
0: yeah it's nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a very complex... Well, not that complex, to be honest, but reasonably complex character um, and believable bad guy who seems to have good reasons for what he's doing. Although, if I didn't... If I thought the last Thanos was kind of okay, I didn't like this Thanos. I actually felt like, okay, why, why come back? I mean, we're, we're starting to talk a bit, a bit about time travel now, but... Like knowing the fact that you're going to die, why bother? And and I just felt like the fact oh, that okay. he was saying, "Okay, I'm just going to get rid of everyone," you're ungrateful. Well, that was why. Yeah, but I get that. I get that. But at the same time, I'm like, "Come on, guys."
1: Yeah, like, so you, but then for him, the reason for him to, to travel into the future is that so he knows what he did worked. But he also knows that. The people left behind are trying to undo what he did. And that's Mm -hmm. why he had to come back and sort of change his plan. So his plan went from, I'm no longer looking for the stones to wipe out half the universe. I'm now looking for the stones to take out all all life and to start again with people that don't know anything from the past.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it almost seems like he's doing a good thing for the universe, yet at the same time I feel more malice um, <laughs> um, okay. with with the second Thanos compared to the first um,
1: yeah, I would agree with you, do you know even what I mean? Said, yeah, even kind of said that in a moment where he, he, something to the effect like usually what I do has no passion I, I'm paraphrasing um, someone can correct me later, but he's saying usually what I do is Um, I don't enjoy it but what I'm about to do to your your planet I'm going to enjoy very very much so I think that was to your point like him crossing from the sort of dispassionate we need to just take out half of our life just for practical reasons to actually you guys have uh, annoyed me so much I'm just going to enjoy taking
0: you apart Mm, yeah it's he definitely earned the right for the ass kicking that he got. <laughs> you know, yeah. and especially after getting his head chopped off at the beginning of the film, that was just so hollow. That moment, it was so hollow. It was almost like, yeah, yeah. oh
1: man, it didn't really matter. <sighs> it didn't matter at that point, as Thor mentioned. Yeah, were there any other moments that you kind of like stuck in your mind?
0: Um. Oh, let me think. Yeah, to be honest, those were the big ones for me. Um, I I did like when um they went to the they went to twenty fourteen or twenty twelve. I forget where now. But when they went all the way 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 back to the beginning of the Avengers, um, and just some oh, of the okay. cool stuff that happened. So like the crossover with Doctor Strange and the Hulk, and yeah. you know, kind of Bruce Banner having to Effectively get an explanation of how time travel works so everyone was on the same page. Cause yeah, frank, yeah. there were a couple it, of those moments. Yeah. We needed it to be, yeah. to be honest. I mean, sometimes, I mean, you know, we're getting into a, a little bit into storytelling tips, but you know, sometimes you do need to have a few things explained just so the audience isn't confused. And yeah, ti- yeah. the time travel of this particular universe needed to be explained clearly. And they even used a diagram, so I feel like they, yeah, they handled that they so did actually, well. They, yeah, they yeah, had very, to do they, it. A very
1: fancy diagram, but yeah, diagram nonetheless.
0: Yeah, exactly, because everyone was thinking, yeah, yeah, it's just like um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Back to the Future, Bill uh, and yeah. Ted. You know,
1: <laughs> just still... cross, cross that out, cross that out, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, i try trying to think, there was just so many moments. I feel like as we go on, other things are just going to pop in my head, but uh, I will say um, another moment actually with Captain America it was when it did travel back to I think it was well that Avengers moment um, mm-hmm. was it 2012? Yeah, so it was New York 2012 that moment where um, Captain America had to get the Mind Stone um, from mm-hmm. well, eventually had to fight himself but before that when he was in the lift with the Hydra agents or yeah. at that time everyone thought were shield agents. And cause that was a sort of double callback. So it was a callback to winter soldier and that like infamous scene where he took out a bunch of agents in lift. Um, so when it got into that, scene you kind of felt like, is, are they gonna like go again? But then because he's from the future, so he already knows that all Hydra agents he sort of played it a different way, and said the cold word um, "Hail Hydra," and walked out with the briefcase. Um, but that was also a callback to the comics. Um, I guess kind of a controversial callback because that was a controversial moment in in the comics, sort of making Captain America a Hydra agent all along. Um, but to your your question about you know audience reactions that was another moment where sort of everyone in the, in the cinema i was in sort of like um did like burst out laughing at that moment i feel some people might have got it for the callback to winter soldier but then some people might have also realized it was a, a callback to the comics too
0: yeah i do like moments like that i must admit though and if you were paying attention to this podcast you know I hadn't seen the Windsor Soldier, so <laughs> so it was kind of lost on me, but I still knew what he was doing effectively um because like, it was obvious to me that these guys were Hydra, like just from the way the scene kind of played out, but yeah, I kind of wish I did watch Winter Soldier because of that um
1: but you should I was still,
0: should still yeah, maybe I should still I mean I, to be honest, I never quite finished um <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp, I got halfway through, and I will say this if I hadn't watched just half of that film, I would not really have understood this film. And I think it kind of just goes to show that, you know, what Marvel have done is just, well, it's pretty smart. Let's face it from a, from a business point of view, like you are locked in and you must watch all <laughs> like, of the films, whether you like the characters man. or not. Yeah. Even Ant man. Yeah. And my wife didn't want to watch Ant Man. she was like, what is this guy? But I was like, look, I need to watch this film. I, something told me I need to watch both films and yeah. thankfully I was able to get yeah. through at least half. And I liked that, man.
1: I just didn't realise how how crucial that would be to sort of future films which is, yeah, like you say, it's a good, like how they've managed to lock everything uh, together, make everything important even if it's just the end credits to one film it still ties in mm. and it solves the, well, it helped them solve the, the time travel uh uh, aspect in endgame
0: yeah exactly and it was interesting actually because the whole time travel thing that was like kind of contingent on them having the pim particles um yep. and i was there going hold on guys we're talking about you've run out of pim particles just go and see pim like today <laughs> he's he's alive he's around you know Wait, <laughs> they went... Went? yeah in 2012 he was
1: they oh, could picked, in, yeah. in 2012,
0: the they could have picked up some pin particles and done. The thing is, though, they, I think they took a big risk there, because that's what I would have done. I was saying it the second they landed, the second they said, "Oh, you know, we we can only do this once because we've only got yeah. a few pin particles." I was like, "Well, you're about to time travel, guys. So, you know, no, <laughs> <laughs> this this is not that difficult. In fact, you could create a little factory <laughs> while you're there. You've got time, um, and and then you're you're good to go. You know." Jump away, but um, but they didn't do that. They ended up going to uh, 1970, yeah. um, but then I guess it was that whole yeah we can get both uh, we can both get together,
1: like, yeah yeah. But then you know, I gave. I, think, I guess they still would have had to go back anyway. so that's always a thing with time travels. Like now, like as soon as they announced like you know time travels away, I kind of accepted there were going to be some things that might not a hundred percent logically check out. Yeah. As and I, I think they they knew it as well, just the way <clears throat> the way they introduced it and explained it and they kind of even with uh Tony Stark coming up with a solution, it, he kind of I was gonna say breeze past it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they didn't spend too long dwelling on it basically, just, you know, time travel here's all you need to know, now let's go.
0: Yeah. And they also opened up a big, big question mark for the new 2012 uh, time arc because Loki got a stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess that kind
1: of, you know, Loki um, <clears throat> teleported out of 2012 and into, you know, his new series on Disney Plus. I guess that's the way they had to.
0: Oh, is that really what's going to happen, here? Huh?
1: Yeah, he's got a. Uh, so, you know, the Disney Plus service, I think it's coming out at the end of this year. So, there's going to All be right. a Loki show. There's going to be a uh, Scarlet Witch show. Um, with the same actors and actresses? Pretty sure. I mean, I know Tom Hiddleston is on the Loki one. I haven't looked too much into others, but I assume everyone is. On, I mean, it's Disney, so.
0: I've got to tell you, i got a beef with this. And here's the beef that, alright, TV shows are generally good, but the problem with TV shows is that they tend to be never-ending, and I don't think they can always hold the same kind of weight of a film um, because of the throwaway aspects they can have sometimes. Well, so, I'd say, mm. on
1: the never-ending part, um, maybe Netflix has a, <laughs> says hello for that, because all their Marvel shows are ending. Um... And I don't know, I think they can, I'm, I'm open to see what they do with it. It, it, again, it's Disney's, so they, like, if anyone is gonna, like, make it work, they own all the properties, so mm. they'll, they'll make it work. So I think if they're getting all the, the same, the same stars in, and they know everything's gotta feed into itself somehow, I guess they'd have the best, uh, the best opportunity for that.
0: Yeah, true, true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I'm not much of a TV person these days, so I'm going to let them do what they want, but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, I guess that would be my only concern if I'm being honest. Mm.
1: But I mean, with the time travel, how, what did you think about it?
0: Uh, to be honest, I like time travel films and TV shows anyway. So I thought it was really cool. Um, just generally speaking, um, I liked the, uh, issues that popped up with the time travel, such as Captain America having to fight himself. And I yeah. was like, oh <laughs> dear, like this is probably not going to go too well. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. And then, well, you know, that whole segment though. What, the Captain America fight? No, no, just the general s- segment of the time heist. Um, oh, okay. Ooh, I mean, I felt it was shorter than it could have been. That it was sorry, it was too short. Let me put it that way. It was too short for my liking, but I get it. Like there wasn't much time to waste.
1: film yeah. if you're talking like three hours, yeah, I guess you can't spend too long in one place. Or yeah. I didn't necessarily feel it was too long. I'd be sorry, too short.
0: Well,
1: yeah, was there? Is it like? Did it feel? too convenient to you like is that
0: yeah that that's part of it to be honest i mean yeah they ran into a couple of problems but yeah really and truly i was expecting some major issues to pop up you know yeah and i felt like yeah they got it and it, well i don't know i i give it to them you know they got the stuff and they they got back but i i, I just feel like you know that was quite easy, considering how difficult it was to get these stones in the first place.
1: Fair point. Thanos did spend a lot of time uh, looking for these stone, stones, but I get what you're saying. I, I think I mean, they did have problems. They had, yeah, they had to improvise. Go back to 1970. They, I mean, I guess the bigger, the biggest problem is that Th- Thanos of 2014 found out what they were doing, which yeah, um, wasn't in the plans. But yeah, I think it's just one of those things where. You have three, <laughs> three hour film mm-hmm. and you can't spend too long. So I don't know how much I want to criticize for that, even though I yeah, kind of see what you're, you're saying there could have been more hiccups, but then the time travel thing could have been sort of messy. I think they had to make it a bit convenient just for the sake of like, the film watching experience,
0: yeah, and, and you know they can be forgiven as well because they did introduce a major issue, which was Thanos. So, yeah, you know even though it didn't it didn't stop them from collecting the stones for him, um well actually that's what he wanted them to do, right? So yeah, so yeah, guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> them so, to yeah. You, again, yeah, so the convenience was sort of baked in the overall bigger plot, I guess. So. But yeah, I mean it kind of moves things forward and I thought that was pretty cool. Um the other thing though, which I only just thought about actually, is how did Thanos um arrive in current day? So when
1: Nebula uh past Nebula got uh present day Nebula. I think they got some of the pin particles and cuz there was a moment where she handed that to Thanos, and I assume he used that plus whatever technology they had to get themselves into the future.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: Yeah, I missed that on the first watch, but on the second watch, I sort of saw there's one where she clearly hands, hands him pin particles.
0: So They need the technology, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I mean, that opens up a number of issues, but let's not go there. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know... In any case, they could bring him back if they wanted. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Like, they, if they were smart, and I, I'd like to think these guys aren't like you know numpties, they they would have said, "Look, if anything goes wrong, like Sid, you've got the pin particles. Just undo this mess, you know." Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. I would have done if I've got that much resource at my helm. But whatever, you know, it's a film. Um, (laughs) I guess they have now introduced... They've
1: introduced time travel into the MCU. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays into the next phase. Now that I've said it's a possibility.
0: Here's the tricky thing about this. These characters and actors and actresses that have played these characters are etched so firmly into our brains that to bring back like some of some of these well-known characters with different actors and actresses um just because of the time travel thing i don't know how well it's gonna land i'm actually skeptical now don't get me wrong i know that um you know so far they've produced 10 years worth of film and it's all been good but it's been with a certain team um and when you change the team up you know things can go well and not so well and yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I almost feel like as we get into MCU 2, if that's what they're calling it, I don't know what they're calling it, but. but phase 4. Phase 4. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as we kind of get into phase 4, I feel like they're almost going to test the waters with some of the new lot and see how things go. Um, I, I, I even predict that they might not commit to anything too big because Otherwise it it could get pretty messy, I think. Um, you know, people don't really kinda take to some of the new cast.
1: Okay. am um, I don't know, I feel like at this point like people for the most part kind of signed on to what um Marvel are doing with the films. I mean, is you're gonna get new people that you just you know, uh killed off or retired uh a bunch of current people. So that's it's almost to be expected, is just how well those new people kind of adapt and, and work with the remaining cast. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, with um, on the, the sort of, uh, subject of time, what I found interesting, particularly on the second watch, is you had the concept of time as a sort of literal plot device, um, time travel, but then... There's also a, a thing about time in terms of like themes of the film um, mm. and you had this idea about because you had it in what you said You know, when they were mourning that that initial period where what I did like actually is that you had the, the five years later moment which kind of hit when I first watched it because the way they introduced it, it was like just the word five so in my mind i have been like five weeks, five months and it's like years later so it kind of hits on how real this is like and how it didn't just they haven't just set off and fixed everything right away they've had to deal with the consequences and when Steve Rogers was in that support group you had the idea of him helping people move past the the snap and and deal with things and I think he even says it at one point about you know, we have to move on and we have to make something, otherwise Thanos should have killed us all. Um, But then when he goes back to Avengers HQ, he has this this line, he says to Black Widow, like, you know, some people sort of move on, but not us. Um, And I feel like the film had this running theme of actually going back in time and and dealing with stuff that happened in the past. Um, So you had them dealing with sort of the snap Going to the past, but like even individually. So Tony going back and sort of meeting his dad uh, and dealing with that. Uh, even Captain America dealing with himself. Um, but yeah, I, he had this like narrative of not just moving forward, but um, yeah, having to go back and um, and confront things that have gone wrong in the past, and even when mm. that was. When the past else comes to the present, um, you had his, his line about, I think he says something, I'm trying to remember now, where people spend too much time uh, mourning what they've lost rather than thinking about what could be. And that's why he's like, oh, now I'm going to just kill everyone and start a game of people who don't know the past, who don't know what they've lost. Um, so I thought that was an interesting kind of theme. Uh, along the uh, along the three hours of the film,
0: yeah, I agree, and I will say that it didn't feel like three hours to me. Did it? Did it feel like a long film for you? No, it didn't. I was like I said, that moment when
1: Black Panther uh, swaggered out of that portal, I was re-energized. I mean, I wasn't necessarily flagging anyway, but I was like, I was, I was ready to go again and, and just keep watching and see what else they had. So, yeah, when it ended, I didn't. um yeah, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like I was waiting for it to end. I've had those moments in films where, I don't know, you you might have had it as well, where you, you're kind of getting to the end and you're like, mm, yeah, they should think about wrapping it up now. Mm. Whereas Avengers, I was like, yep, what's next? Yep, what's next? And um, I could, yeah, just could have kept going.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I, I was ready for another phase of the film. I really was. <laughs> I really was. Like, you don't understand. And then when I realized, I know, this is really, yeah, uh, this is the end game. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. That's a deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, okay, they're going to take it from here, maybe move it to the city and some other stuff will happen. But, but yeah, no, I think, I think it was, it was well executed from that perspective. And I guess going back to the whole, um, idea of time as a plot device, I find that they, they, I guess they piece everything together really well in terms of, uh, getting the audience to, to think about the impact of what happened. I think a lot of people, I don't know about you, but I, I was literally like affected by, by Infinity War. Um, oh, I wasn't yeah. happy leaving that, that theater at all. Um, and I feel like the, the way in which they almost used it like therapy. <laughs> I kid yeah. you not. They always use it like therapy to kind of bring us around, to kind of get us to deal with the issues, to accept what's happened. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then there was the hope was reinjected and you're not even, you're still kind of skeptical because the chances are quite slim. And then of course everything kind of kicks off from the mid, mid of the film, but like this film is really just three parts. It's mourning, it's hope, and then there's resolution Mm -hmm. that that's literally. The three main phases, as I would call it, in this film. Yeah. Um, and. I do like they had the
1: morning part of it. They, they spent time dealing with the ramifications of it.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, definitely a masterpiece and a masterclass as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's both of them. Um, and just filmmaking and, I guess doing box office blockbusters well, that, that is why I would say it's a masterclass in. Cause like, don't get me wrong, it's not, it's not like the deepest film ever, but it, it cuts across so many different, um, themes and, uh, I wouldn't say genres, but definitely themes. Um, or even
1: genres to be fair, cause that time heist, it turned into a heist film. So that's true. Say- Element of like you know your Ocean's Eleven or something where you mm. get people together. Here's the plan. You go out and carry out the plan. There's always a hitch in the plan, which means you have to improvise and then mm-hmm. get to the thing. So it, it did cross uh, some genres.
0: Mm. And I mean, yeah, and I guess across the whole MCU, to be fair, it did. Yeah. Although I would say it was still kind of falls in the action category in the main. Um, but nevertheless, I feel like in in just doing that, they they really kind of presented a kind of a gold standard is what i would say just in terms of if you want to do something or in this kind of space look at look at what marvel's done here cuz this is a really well executed uh, example of that and let's be honest it wasn't a perfect ride the whole way through no. like some of the earlier films weren't that great um i mean even looking at spider-man goodness anyway that's, that's a Spider-Man. whole other thing well, homecoming. not Homecoming, no, no, no. Oh, by, okay. by the time they got to Homecoming, they, they understood what was going on. Yeah, um, technically that's not, because that's Sony rather than... Yeah, uh, and there's Mark. that as well. So, again, you know, you kind of have to uh, throw some allowances, because, um, you know, obviously it's different people kind of holding holding the wheel sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I really think they've, they, they've set a standard there, and You know, and I'm looking at DC, and I'm just thinking, you know, man, this Joker film better be good. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the conversation in another direction, but you know, just to quickly say that, you know, Marvel knows what they're doing, and I don't know if DC can really pull it off just yet. They they may have to. um, I don't know. They're gonna have to figure something out. Good luck to them. Yeah, we could do a whole
1: podcast, another podcast on.
0: I think we should talk about the Joker in another podcast just based on the information that's out there. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, I genuinely feel and I'll finish on this, that that is going to be a turning point film for them in this current kind of climate. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. like if, if, if it works, I think it will really help them is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um But yeah, I mean like, you know, is there anything else that you had like criticisms? Did you like Fat Thor, a Captain <laughs> Marvel? Like you know what, what? Some of these things have been brought up on the web. Like what was your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, mixed feelings on Fat Thor. Uh, I thought it was hilarious, and one of the, I guess one of the genuine surprises I've had over the MCU is that uh, Chris Hemsworth is actually funny. Um, I did not realize this until Thor Ragnarok, but he 's yeah he 's funny i thought he played the uh, sort of i, I guess we 're saying fat Thor now but um, he played that well for uh, a number of reasons i mean in that that morning phase of the film you mm. had you saw people dealing with um, the the event the snap uh, in different ways so um you had black widows sort were of trying to keep her, her family together you had sort of Captain America doing his thing like helping other people get through uh, their grief Tony sort of moves on he has his family he's he's got everything uh, you saw um Hawkeye sort of um, go on vengeance <laughs> mode like everyone oh, yeah. that all the bad guys that weren't killed by Thanos should be killed by me kind of uh, yeah uh, but you had uh, Thanos who in his mind maybe more so than and others he had a chance to end it um in infinity when he didn't so I think for him um that that hit really hard and sort of played it to i mean it was like the comedic effect but it was like a real message there of like i I really failed and like who am I if uh, if I can't do you know if I can't defeat people like that that's what I'm here for so I thought that worked for for me and Chris Hemsworth has good. So sort of his delivery and his comedic timing uh, throughout the film past films as well uh, just like think are are excellent um so for me that wasn't I wouldn't say that was a criticism, but uh, I did feel that I, I don't know captain marvel was was underused oh, I felt that, yeah, yeah I felt that coming out of the first watch and maybe I don't feel so as strongly coming out of it the second time but I do feel after Captain Marvel, her sort of solo film, and I understand that they actually filmed Endgame before Captain Marvel. Uh, I think we might need to fact check that, but I, I, I feel it went that way around. So understandably they couldn't necessarily predict how it would have taken off, but I just feel after coming off Captain Marvel and, and all the, the praise and everything that like that got to see sort of Captain Marvel in Endgame, so sort of she has the moment at the beginning where she's sort of transporting Tony uh, and Nebula back to Earth, and then she has sort of the moment later where she's transporting the Gauntlet from one end of the battlefield to the to the other. But she doesn't. I she, I, I thought she'd be more
0: um, of an impact in the film. Seriously, yeah. I mean, the massive disappointment for me. Um... <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, this was she was supposed to be the one that basically just kind of puts the full stop. You know what I mean? Like kind of draws the line under the thing. Yeah, like, that's the way it was set up. It and... did
1: set it up in the, yeah in the Infinity War the yeah, Age. Um, uh, Nick Fury, he she was his his call, he his go to. So kind of set it up as like she's the one that's going to come in.
0: I mean, let, let's see what she really did. She basically saved the person that was going to save the day. Yeah, that, That's all she did.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And I, you know what I think it was? I, I think it's that thing where you go from comics to film and there's a lot of adjustment in terms of power levels to be done. And I think in Captain, uh, Captain Marvel and moments in endgame you saw how powerful she is um and i just think like the filmmakers had to level that out so even like she says you know the i can't remember who but someone says you know where were you and she was like oh there's you know thousands of planets and um this is happening everywhere else so you know i need to be elsewhere and i think later on she was like you know you might not see me for a while so i think it was there was an acknowledgement that just they had to keep her away basically Otherwise, yeah. from a sort of watching the film perspective, maybe she could have just ended it in the first five minutes uh, of the battle, but it wouldn't have for like dramatic effect. So I think it's one of those sort of practical things there to do when translating from comics
0: yeah. to film. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, like I was saying to you in a previous conversation that Captain Marvel is super strong. Hulk is super strong. And if both, just both of them alone would have messed up Thanos pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but four couldn't, I'm um, sorry, the Hulk couldn't fight because of his arm. Um, and Captain Marvel, well, was outwitted by Thanos, which I'll accept because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, you know, strength is, is one thing, but yeah, you can still be outwitted. So I had to kind of give him props for that. Um, in that respect, but yeah, I think that, There was a lot that they could have done with her, and yeah. I just feel like who knows what they're going to do with her going forward, but I'd like to see the kind of bad guy she comes up against. I I can almost imagine it will be a lot more um, smart fighting as opposed to brute force fighting. She's just Mm -hmm. too powerful. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. Okay, so... um, story tips, anything that you would say um, we can take from this film? Yeah, so I I guess our our thing for the podcast in general is like we want to
1: talk about stories we're watching but then also, you know, because we make stories, uh, we make our own manga, just try and pull out any storytelling tips for other people about writing stories, um, whether it's comics or something else. Um, So looking at Endgame and just that bringing an end to this phase of the MCU. Although technically Spider-Man Far From Home is the official end. But anyway, um, let's <laughs> say Endgame uh, brings an end or certainly an end to two particular characters. So Iron Man um, and Captain America. And I think it's uh, worth noting how how important character arcs are uh, in your mm. story and Having your, your characters change, so become different people than they were at the beginning of the story. And there are several moments over the, the course of the MCU and particularly the beginning with Tony Stark, um, being the sort of, I guess, self-centered, um, not willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Uh, that's certainly his character when it starts out and Captain America from the beginning, um, has been the, you know, uh, even in, uh, Infinity War, he mentioned, you know, we don't trade life, we don't trade lives, uh, all that stuff. So he's all about the, the great good, sacrificing yourself, um, to achieve that, that goal. And I feel by the end, I think Civil War was a, a turning point in both of their arcs and how they fell on, um, either side of that, uh, debate of, uh, should superheroes be regulated. And then I feel with Endgame, um, they again ended um, as different people. So you had Tony Stark ultimately being the one to sacrifice himself um, and defeat Thanos uh, and his army, and dying in the process. And then you had Captain America uh, actually sort of be selfish uh, for once and go from the guy who. Sort of jumped on the grenade in the way back when to the guy who returned all the stones to their, their, the times, but then decided actually I'm going to stay here and, and live my life uh, and pass on this responsibility. So uh, I think the point for, you know, for people making their stories is that when you have your characters, particularly your, um, your main cast of characters be certain people and certain personalities, it's, it's always worth thinking at the beginning how are, how is this character or how are these characters going to change like who do they need to become to to win whatever win means in your story and how are they going to achieve it because if your characters are the same at the end as they are at the beginning then uh, there's a big argument to say nothing's really happened so
0: yeah i'd agree on that um it's it's a tr- easy trap to fall into um if the focus starts off with a character then you know we we really want to know it's a weird thing actually because i know when we watch a film we might not be thinking this but we generally want to know what's going to happen to this person mm. are they going to be the same person at the end that they were that they were at the beginning and you know it's just one of those things i think um with tony i mean they they had a number of films to kind of build this up uh, even the whole Um, dynamic between him and Pepper. Like, you know, like, just, just Pepper trying to get him to calm down. Yeah. (laughs) And like, you know, not try and run off and save the world. And, you know, what did she say? I think at the end she said, like, now you can rest or something. Yeah, I think,
1: yeah, Um, we're going to be okay. Now you can rest. Yeah. Yeah. I think she actually acknowledged that point early on because she said when he was debating, still debating whether to help uh, or not, she was, you know, saying like getting you to stop is one of my greatest failures in life, mm. time, or something like that. So yeah,
0: yeah, and I think it's like it's an interesting one to kind of show him go through that process of, um, I <laughs> well, I want to say calming down. I guess he he calmed down, but we never got to see that. Because, you know, we, we just got the, the end picture of five years later. He's got a family now. He's, he's oh, yeah. kind of no longer in the biz. And in a way, he had his happy ever after. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, it all kind of, it makes sense. It's just sad, obviously, the way things went. Um, and I, and I, I just like the way that they kind of handled his character. And I'll be honest with you, I started to really dislike him come age of Ult- Ultron. Really yeah. wasn't a Tony fan. Did you not see the guy's attitude? He wasn't the I mean, best of characters in that film. No, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I get what you're saying. I, I kind of, I guess I've always been on board
1: with Tony, even though at certain moments I didn't necessarily like him in, in character, but I liked him as mm-hmm. a character, if that makes sense. I don't know what I'm saying here, but, but you know, you kind of recognize that, yes, he has his flaws, but yeah. his character works, uh, especially paired up against Captain America, um, and I feel like his role in the story—I've always appreciated his role in the MCU, and I just like the portrayal.
0: Well, uh, you know, it's 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 a good thing though. I think that he had those kind of not so attractive elements to him. It made him more real, yeah. and you know, like made him authentic just say. And then at the same time, when you see him change and you see him kind of come more around to the. I don't know, I guess the main thread of the story like he was, at some point he, he was against what was the progression of say Captain America and I didn't like that tension, Civil War really kind of rocked me, I was like I'm with Cap, I'm so sorry but, <laughs> but that's just me personally I was too actually to be fair but... so, so when he kind of comes back in line and they start to kind of reconcile by you know the in, well more so end game to be honest yeah. Um Like that's when it's kind of like, okay, you know, I can get down with this guy. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of back sort of thing. And uh, that scene in like his willingness to actually build the time machine. In fact, it was that scene when he kind of just drives up. (laughs) 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 Um, where for me, all was forgiven at that point. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Yeah. And he knew, he knew. I think, I think he kind of knew that he had to do it. I mean, obviously, like, we knew as well the audience that he's going oh, yeah. to come back, but we, we pay to yeah. see that. So, yeah, really yeah, but um,
1: but yeah, so uh, yeah, just to reinforce the point about yeah, just thinking about where your character starts and where where they end, and just having them end your story as different people than when they began.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's an awesome tip, and it's really easy to fall into the trap of. um Starting off with a cool character, you know, in fact, just starting them off cool. <laughs> um, and then there's nowhere to go, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. And Tony Stark didn't, I mean, yeah, he, he was kind of this kind of larger than life character to begin with, but he didn't really become Iron Man until the end of the first film. Um, and in that process, he had to be humbled. Um And it's just thinking about stuff like that, Um, like how do you turn your character, um you know, or how do you take them down a few notches? Sometimes you have to do that uh, if they're oh, that yeah, kind of character Break um, them down
1: before you come up
0: again. Yeah, and and ultimately, what we're really talking about is what does your character do when they're faced with a problem, and how do they, how do they, how does their perspective change? Um, You know, because that that's a big that's a big thing that we all have to deal with in life. Like when we get problems, what do we do with them and how does our perspective change afterwards? Uh, and it's really weird because like, we talk about story and films and whatnot and we just kind of watch them and enjoy them, but they're actually saying things that can actually help us. Um, <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is watch films to kind of become a better person. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's
1: a lesson if you, if you remember nothing else.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you've got to analyze them behave. Um, we've actually got a question from one of our Instagram followers, uh, and that is Readable Life. And the question is what are your predictions for the next phase of the MCU? Nigel.
1: Yeah. Uh so coming out of it, um, in fact, well, before Endgame I was just thinking where they're gonna go next. So I know they've got uh you've got another Black Panther, you've got more Spider Man films, Captain Marvel, uh the Eternals coming as well. Uh and I guess the question has always been like who's the next big bad guy, um mm-hmm. that they're gonna face off. Uh and I've I thought that Doctor Doom would be um like a likely candidate. I mean, I've seen him, and I've seen uh who's the other guy. Why my my memory's failing me again? Well, the
0: other person that Galactus. I've heard, yeah, is yeah, Galactus. Yeah, Galactus. Interestingly, both characters are from Fantastic Four. Oh, they are linked, and now
1: I guess, yeah, now Marvel owns all that.
0: Uh, mm. Now,
1: so but I always thought with Galactus, it's a bit. <clears throat> I don't know, it's, it's, he's not the same as Thanos, but in terms of the, the kind of threat he poses, I feel it might be too similar. Um, I also feel his, his motivation, cause his thing is he eats plants to survive. So on the, on the basis of it, it's not necessarily a, like a malice intent. If you get what I'm saying, it's almost like mm. making a scorpion the next bad guy, cause. They're stinging too much. That's just what they do. It's not like, um, they're, they're necessarily evil. So I wasn't sure if that motivation would, would be enough. Um,
0: mm-hmm. but yeah,
1: I think with Dr. Doom, cause he's like, he's really powerful. He's smart as well. And I, I feel taking it in that direction. What I did like about Thanos was that, you know, there was, there was a, there was a thought process behind the sort of, I'm going to wipe out half of, uh, living things in the universe, so I, I feel with Dr. Doom he can bring you know more of a, uh, an intellectual argument to any kind of bad stuff that he'd be doing or or sort of threat he'd pose. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to go in that direction.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting, an interesting um, theory. I I did in fact hear about this today. I was watching a YouTube video. Uh, we might even link it uh, in the notes. Yeah, um, we could do that. I think we watched the same video as well. Yeah, we did. Kind of and confirmed my
1: suspicions.
0: Yeah, and I, to be honest, I was never thinking in a million years of Doctor Doom. I, I thought Doctor Doom was small fry, but, I mean, it just goes to show how much I know. I used to watch the Fantastic Four cartoon, but I never really read the comics, so... You know, I, we're talking about someone who's not an expert when it comes to Marvel here, but I know a few things. You know, yeah. more, more than the, the complete lay person. Yeah. You know, so... <laughs> but to I, be I, fair, I,
1: I think... Part of the reason I did think Dr. Doom was because I'd recently read the Secret Wars comic and mm. just seeing how he's um portrayed in there. I would maybe think that,
0: yeah, and I think that's that's one of those things a, a lot of people they they may not be as enthusiastic about the films to now go and watch um sorry now go and pick up some comics and read, but for me, I'm kind of tempted now because. You know, they have kind of left things nicely set up for like more. And you want to know, OK, well, what can they do next? Um, so it's going to make you pick up a few comics. And uh, to be honest, outside of that, I was thinking Galactus. I wasn't really thinking Doctor Doom. I mean, I do. I'd need to read Secret Wars to kind of have more of a comment on that. Um, but the only reason I was thinking Galactus is, as you know, because he can eat planets. But the only way you can make the threat credible from my perspective, well, maybe not the only way, but one way. Um, is uh, the fact that it's it's more about the impending nature of him coming to eat oh, the okay. bo- planet Earth, uh, and and also because he works through other agents or other he employs other agents to work on his behalf to do his you bidding. You would see Silver Surfer. You want to see the that's, Silver Surfer. Yeah, that's what, that's what to... this is really about. You want to see it, Silver it Surfer. It is. It is. But the Which... Silver Surfer, if I'm not mistaken, kind of becomes a good guy. So the, there's going to be that whole kind of thing where you betrayed your master. So they could do loads of stuff with that. Then he could be sending all sorts of people out there just to kind of mess up things. And it, honestly, if I was writing it, I would probably have a completely different uh uh superhero appear. Galactus turns up. And instead of um, the hero saving the day, there's kind of a small victory, but then Galactus comes and actually eats the planet. So that now you know, okay, someone just came on the scene and they've just done something horrendous. And unlike, you know, Endgame, there will be no time travel to fix it. <laughs> oh, and this person is now coming for Earth. Uh, you know, that, okay. that that's the way I would set it up. I would I would almost like, you know, Get people invested in a particular character that's kind of related to Earth or whatever, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. And then just show the devastation. Cause you've, you've got to show like the devastation, but I think you've got to make it really weighty. Like it might yeah. have to be a planet that, you know, has characters that were built up in a particular movie. I'm trying to think of, you know, what, what franchise would be good. I mean, it could even be a Guardians film. Who knows? But. Oh yeah, I forgot. You've got, yeah, another Guardians film yeah. coming out. Or yeah, have- a, a Captain Marvel, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's there's a few franchises out there that they could use to kind of just kind of introduce him and show that he means business. Um, like he's hungry, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't even necessarily have to be bad. And then the thing is, it it the other thing I would probably do is I would I would probably play on the fact that he is just trying to live. I mean, like you know, guys got to eat, and then introduce some tension or some kind of problem that turns in from I've got to eat to you know what I'm coming to eat off because you guys just nah nah I'm, I'm coming for you guys okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't like what you just did like annoy him yeah, <laughs> aggravate yeah. him and then then, then it's uh then it makes it a little bit more like okay we're in trouble <laughs>
1: okay so it sounds like you're uh backing Galactus, uh, and I'm going for Doctor
0: Doom. Yeah, I guess I am. I mean, I want <laughs> to see, uh, you know, obviously, I want to see the Silver Surfer. So, yeah. like that—that's the reason I, I like to see that. But I do like the sound of um, the Secret Wars only because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Doctor Doom—he is powerful, but it sounds like it's his strategy um, that's really amplifying his power. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a and- big part of him. And to be honest, I find sometimes those are the more scary characters because, you know, you you don't know what they're going to do. And they're powerful. They're powerful, even though they're not (laughs) physically powerful. Which makes them even scarier. They can manipulate things. And he does that in Secret Wars. He
1: he kind of, you've got the, I guess, the the heroes, you've got the villains. And then sort of Doctor Doom is like offering his own, trying to work out how he can use the situation to his advantage to become all-powerful so
0: yeah serious stuff well um i think we're almost at the end of our show so i think i'll just uh share a few things for you lovely listeners um this podcast is actually first going to be released on our patreon so for those of you that don't know patreon is the way that people like you can support us to create wonderful content like this and, of course, our comics and events and so on and so forth. You can basically pledge... any amount you like um, it's given on a monthly basis and it just helps us to continue this great work um, You know, helps us to come up with great content for you guys so Patreon supporters will get to hear this first and that will be true of all of the podcasts that we're putting out um, and it'll go out to Patreon first and then it'll go out to SoundCloud and anywhere else where you can listen to podcasts so if you support us you get this first episode and you also get the opportunity to help us develop the show so I'm sure a lot of you have feedback and and definitely like if you do have feedback I'll share an email shortly but um, we will listen to our Patreons first because they are invested in us they are invested in the future of my matter and they want to see us go far so that that's the deal basically and um, yeah if you want to get involved we'll put a link in the show notes Um, also just like to remind you to check out our own stories uh, such as The Samurai Chef Sirius and the first issue of Pot Lunch on the Maya Matter website you can go to mayamatter.com forward slash manga and don't forget if you are living in and around London we do have a gamepad event coming up in June as mentioned earlier in the show now uh, just before we go I just want to give a quick preview of our next show so We're going to have a guest um, and the guest goes by the name of Tazzy. She's a gamer, online content creator and gamepad host. We'll basically be talking about the upcoming gamepad event on June 22nd and more Endgame plus the MCU as a whole. So make sure you don't miss it because it's going to be a great show. If you haven't
1: heard us talk about in game enough,
0: then yeah, get ready for that. Yeah, I always think it's good to get like additional opinions because maybe we're a little bit biased. Although, to be honest, I feel like Nigel and me have different views, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, that email, if you have any feedback, is feedback at mayamada.com. dot com. Um, yep, we're going to be releasing podcasts twice a month. It'll be Tuesdays on the Patreon and 24 hours later publicly. So remember to check us out at biomattercom forward slash podcast. I think that's pretty much it. So just want to say a big thanks. It's our first show. Definitely send us feedback. And yeah, we're looking forward to, I guess, chatting next time. See you later. Bye.